What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast. My name is Eric Thomas. I'm the host of this show. And today we are going to hit you with another marketing real talk. And it's going to be a topic that I really enjoy speaking about and uh, hopefully uh, be able to clear some confusion around. And that is um, advertising online on areas like Google, uh, pay-per-click, search ads, display ads, LSA ads, all that good stuff. So we're going to be chatting about those ways to uh, avoid wasting ad spend in the summertime. So here we go. Welcome to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, the podcast for HVAC contractors who are ready to quit screwing around and begin growing their business. Powered by Rival Digital. On this show, you'll hear from industry leaders and become equipped with the tools and knowledge you need to build a world-class business. Now, here's your host, Eric Thomas. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Uh, super excited to hit you all with this real talk this week uh, about advertising online and ways to avoid wasting your ad spend because um, we all know you know those hard-earned dollars you use them online for advertising in ways to get the phone ring and get your technicians out into the field but if you guys don't have your campaign set up properly if you're not tracking things properly um, those dollars can get burned pretty quickly and go right down the drain so um, going to kind of cover today some best practices for PPC and LSA in particular, and some ways to make sure that you maximize those efforts if you're running them in-house. Uh, I know we've got some marketers out there that listen to them, so I'd be happy to dive into some conversation with you all as well, and would love to hear your feedback as to what you think about these topics as well. Uh, before we get going, a couple housekeeping items. Uh, first and foremost, season three of the Smart HPAC Marketing Podcast launches on July 1st. Today is Wednesday, June the 15th. So we are right around the corner from season three. Uh, really looking forward to the new season. Got uh, some guests coming back on the show. Got some new guests coming on the show who have not been on the show before. Uh, and my goal for season three is to hopefully bring some folks on the show who are not your usual suspects for uh, podcast interviews. I've noticed lately, and I think I've spoke on this before, but I've noticed lately that you get the usual suspects who have been on every single podcast. And it's like every single week you get on Facebook and you see the same faces getting on the podcast. So my goal in season three <clears throat> is to bring on some faces that you may not have heard of before. You may not have heard their story or talked about, um, or, you know, maybe they just kind of hide in the shadows of Facebook groups. Um, so really looking forward to that. So online advertising, this is, um, this is a hairy subject. I know a lot of people, uh, when you start talking about pay-per-click uh, and LSA, some folks get a little, um, for lack of better words, they, <laughs> they get a little disgruntled because uh, this is something where if you don't, you know, if you're not running it properly, your dollars can get eaten up so quickly. And so before we can dive into some strategies for PPC and LSA and how to maximize those efforts, we need to really hit on a few things that I would be doing you all a disservice by not mentioning. First and foremost, before you consider running 
PPC ads or LSA or really any type of marketing in general, you need to make sure that your call center has got their stuff together. You need to make sure that, and that's an operational issue. Okay. Your CSRs not answering the phone, not booking jobs is not your marketing company's issue. It's not the marketing's fault. It is an operational thing. So you need to make sure that your CSRs are prepared and are ready to answer the phone and know how to book that call and know how to properly um, mark that job in your CRM so that the attribution is correct. Okay. And I was listening this morning to a podcast, um, Lim, uh, Lemon Seeds podcast. I was listening to it and Crystal said something about if if you go into your service titan right now, I, I, got, I bet I could go into any contractor service titan and the number one performing uh, campaign is typically existing customers. And she was saying that that's like just so bogus because she said it's fake news uh, because someone could be marked in there as an existing customer. But the last time you did service for them was 14, 15 years ago. And the number they called to book service this time was your LSA ad. Well, guess what? That means that they weren't searching for your company. So you need to make sure that you know um, your operations are in place for these campaigns so that these jobs can get properly booked um, to the best of your ability. There's always going to be gray area. There's always going to be caveats, but it's important to make sure that if you're going to spend the money to get the phone ringing, that your folks are equipped, trained, knowledgeable on how to answer the phone with a smiling face, get the customer booked and properly market in your CRM. So <clears throat> the next thing we need to take care of before you set any of these advertising campaigns up is you need to have tracking numbers for all of these campaigns. I know this is not like some revolutionary uh, idea or some novel concept, but it's going to make tracking these campaigns so much easier if you have tracking numbers for PPC, GLSA, Facebook ads, you name it. So you're going to want to have um, tracking numbers set up in place for these so that when someone clicks to call from LSA, someone clicks to call from PPC, it already shows up under that campaign in your CRM. Uh, and then you just know, okay, this call came from PPC. Cool. So making sure your CSRs are trained properly, are knowledgeable with your CRM and know how to book jobs and, and mark everything correctly. And then also making sure you have the proper tracking numbers in place. The third thing to have in place beforehand is um, you need to, you, you have got to have Google Analytics set up on your website. And additionally with that, when you go to set up your advertising campaigns, which we're going to cover in a second, but when you go to set up your Google pay-per-click advertising campaigns, your search campaigns, there is a conversion pixel that you need to put on your website so that you can track people converting on your site from the ads, people clicking to call from the ads, so on and so forth. Okay. We cannot improve things that we are not measuring. And it sounds, it sounds silly, but there are business owners out there who do not even have Google analytics set up on their website. And so we recently signed on a new client recently and, um, I said recently twice there. We recently signed on a new contractor uh, to join, um, you know, our family. And we were doing the kickoff call and they were telling us about what their current ad spend is, what they're doing with their other agency, which the other agency is 
Um, not going to throw them under the bus, but they're a contractor focused marketing agency. And they said, well, we're spending about 7,500 in ads on Google. And I said, cool. Like that's, that's a healthy budget. Um, probably that's actually honestly a little bit on the more aggressive side from what we see, um, especially in their marketplace. You know, if this was a primary market like LA, Miami, Dallas, 7,500 might not, um, you know, might not always do the trick. You might want to start, you know, tipping the scale and going up on those, but 7,500 in most markets for the most part is a pretty aggressive budget. Anyways, they're spending 7,500 bucks on their, on their advertising. They did not have Google analytics set up on their website. So can't track traffic to the site. Can't track any of that stuff. Can't track um, goal completions. Nada. They did not have any of the conversion pixels set up on their site through Google Tag Manager or any of that. So said, well, how's it performing? How is that $7,500 performing? Is it better spent with them than us? We don't know. Our phone's ringing, but we're not sure where it's coming from. Wow. Okay. So before you run any ad campaign, stop what you're doing and call your marketing company, call your website manager, your internal marketing team, whoever it is, and make sure that you have Google Analytics set up on your website um, and make sure that they've got all the proper tracking tags set up through Google Ads because, guys, we have got to make sure that we're tracking what we're doing. That's the beauty of digital. That's like the whole selling point of doing digital marketing is that you can track it. Okay, so if we're not tracking it, then we're just throwing spaghetti at a wall and we're wasting our dollars. So three things before we get it set up. Number one, make sure that your CSRs are trained and ready to book those calls. Number two, make sure you have tracking phone numbers in place so that we know and we can properly attribute these calls to the right campaign. Number three, make sure we have Google Analytics and the conversion pixels from Google Ads set up on our site. That way we can track uh, conversion rate, all that good stuff. All right. So now that you've got those things in place, let's just go straight into PPC first. Um, so PPC stands for pay-per-click advertising. And if you ever get super confused with all the different acronyms that digital marketers throw around, PPC, LSA, SEO, CPC, CPA, like all this stuff, head over to rivaldigital.com and head over to the section that says field notes. That's our blog. Uh, I recently published an article with like the top seven or eight um, digital marketing acronyms that are most commonly used in the home services industry. So head over to our website, rivaldigital.com forward slash field notes and check out that blog post. It's, it's, a, it's a quick read. It'll take you three minutes. It'll kind of get you up to snuff with all of those different acronyms. So PPC, uh, pay-per-click advertising, there's several different ways to run PPC ads. So a lot of people, when you say PPC, what they mean and what they assume is the ad that shows up above the map pack and then at the very bottom of the search results page. Those are search ads. So that's search advertising. That's a form of pay-per-click advertising. Okay. So you can do other types of PPC. You can do display advertising. You can do uh, advertising on YouTube. So it's important to know that <clears throat> when I'm saying PPC right now, what I'm really talking about is search advertising. Google search advertising. These are the ads that show up uh, below the LSA ads and above the three pack, the map pack. And then they also show up kind of at the bottom of the page um, on the organic section. So for search advertising, I'm going to run through just a few 
uh, best practices for this if you're going to run it yourself or um, if you've got someone in-house that is going to be running it for you. First and foremost, um, start, and, and this is just what we, you know, we see work really well. Start broad and obsess over those first 30 clicks. So a lot of people like to get super narrow in their targeting right from the jump because they think based on the research they've done that people are searching AC repair near me, AC repair Dallas, Texas, stuff like that. And so they get really, really specific at first. Well, then they're like, well, it's not really performing that well. It's not spending. So the thing is, everyone's search is different in different geographic areas. And there's a plethora of reasons as to why this is. Uh, weather, age of the homes, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, medium, medium, medium <laughs> uh, household income, stuff like that. Uh, and so they search different in every market. All right. So when you set yours up, and this is kind of a controversial thing, but this works for us. Start broad. Start really broad and obsess over those first 30 clicks, okay? And what I mean by the first 30 clicks is clicks on your ads because if they click on your ad, then they search something that triggered your ad to show up. So you need to obsess over that. And then within the, within the Google Ads dashboard, you can see search terms that have triggered your ad and go in there and find out what it is people search that made your ad pop up. And then you can start narrowing it down based on popular search trends. Um, but what is equally as important, if not way more important in my opinion, uh, are the negative keywords. So a lot of people overlook negative keywords because they're like, oh, I wanna target AC repair. I wanna target AC installation. I wanna target AC replacement. Well, here's the thing. Those negative keywords are way more important because Guess what? When you are targeting AC repair near me, and maybe it's got a broad match, meaning that any variation of any of those words could trigger an ad. Well, then that means that your ad could be showing up for car AC repair near me, mobile or RV AC repair. You may not even do that. Now your ad's showing up and people are calling, hey, uh, I need help on my 2008 Nissan Altima. And then your CSR is to say, Sorry, sir. We don't do that. And then they're like, well, I could dread. And then they hang up. And guess what? You just wasted $12, $20, $48, however much you're wasting on that. So those negative keywords are crucial. And so there's there's two types of negative keywords that we really want to focus on here. The first one is uh, competition, competitors. You don't, and this is something that a lot of people kind of, you know, go back and forth on. But in my opinion, you do not want your ad showing up for your competition's branded search terms, okay? So if your company's name is Rival Heating and Air, you do not want your ad showing up for Tim's Heating and Air. Because if someone goes on Google and they search Tim's Heating and Air, they already know that they want Tim. And then I show up, and I say, here I am. You search Tim's Heating and Air, and here's my ad. Call now. They're going to click on that ad, and I'm gonna, my CSR is going to say, it's a beautiful day at Rival Heating and Air. How can I make you smile? Or whatever they say. And then that person's going to say, is this Tim's Heating and Air? I know this because I listen to calls all day from our uh, for our clients, and this is literally the conversation. I thought I was calling Tim's Heating and Air. 
Oh, no, sir. This is rival heating and air. Is there something I could help you with? No. Well, no, I was hoping to get a hold of Tim's heating and air. Beep. And then they hang up. Or if your CSR is really good and that person isn't super committed to Tim's heating and air, you might be able to get your foot in the door. But very often they're going to hang up and they're going to say, well, sorry, you know, have a nice day. And they're going to hang up. Okay. So that's wasted ad spend right there. So on those negative keywords, you want to really drill into uh, your competitors' names. So if you know this off the bat, go in and set your your competitors' brand names as exact match for negative keywords. That'll avoid your ads showing up and wasting ad spend on, on your competition's keywords. The next keyword list that we want to block out for negative keywords are automobile slash car related search queries. You're going to get a lot of these um, because you know we're targeting AC repair near me. Well, the auto shop down the road is targeting car AC repair near me. And so it's likely that you'll start seeing, and if you're not targeting your keywords correctly, you'll start seeing search searches come through for uh, 2008 Chevy Silverado AC not working. Um, you name it, Nissan, car AC, all that good stuff. So go through, and I'm going to give you a trick on this. So when we were talking about the competitors' negative keywords, you wanted to set those up as exact match because a lot of heating and air companies say Tim's Heating and Air. We don't want to show up for Tim's Heating and Air, but we do want to show up for Heating and Air. So we want to exact match Tim's Heating and Air. That way, if someone exactly searches Tim's Heating and Air, our ad won't show up. But if someone searches Heating and Air, we can show up. But when it comes to automobiles, we don't want any variation of the word car, Nissan, automobile, so on and so forth. So go into that list and set those, those terms as broad match. So set car as a broad match. Set automobile, truck, Chevy, Nissan, uh, Mazda, you name it, Ford. Go down the list as broad match. That way, no variation of any search term that contains those words will show your ad. So that'll help you avoid a ton of wasted ad spend. Now, once you've got those set up, you need to begin obsessing over the search terms. What is making your ad fire? And then once you get that list, start adding those into your campaigns, phrase match, exact match, whatever it may be, uh, and continue to just obsess over it. What, you know, and once you get those clicks and once you start getting that data, then you can start going in there. Okay. What's our highest converting keyword? What's our highest converting ad group? Um, what's our highest converting at the lowest cost? What's, what's our lowest uh, cost per acquisition ad group? Go through there and start finding these different uh, levers that you can pull. It's like, okay, look, I got three campaigns set up and within each campaign, we got five ad groups. I can see over here in this air conditioning campaign that um, our AC maintenance group, it only costs 300 bucks last week, but it got us 16 leads. But my AC repair ad group cost $3,000 and it got us 32 leads. So it got us 50% more leads, but it cost $3,000. The other one got us 16 leads and it only cost 300 bucks. Simple math will tell you there, maybe we should pump some more dollars into this maintenance group, or maybe we should beef up this maintenance group a little more and get that because that's performing really well at a low cost per acquisition. Let's beef that up. So 
once you get those uh, numbers in, and you can't do this stuff without the proper tracking. So once you get those numbers in and you can start seeing what's converting the best and what's performing the best at the lowest cost per click, the lowest cost per acquisition, then you can really start dialing in these campaigns. And again, this is a lot of stuff that you may not want to be doing as an owner operator. So if you need help with any of this, uh, give us a call at Rifle Digital. We'd be glad to help you out. Um, so I lost my train of thought there with PPC. Um, and I think that's pretty much it with PPC because, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it. If I get much more granular, I might lose you all. So now we're going to talk about LSA. LSA is a lot easier to run as an operator of a company or the owner of a, co a company. And here's why. You don't have to worry about headlines. You don't have to worry about descriptions and landing pages and UTMs and tracking and all this stuff. All you really need to worry about is having a tracking phone number, um, integrating Service Titan or House Call Pro so that they can book and making sure you have a CSR to answer the messages that come through. But there are some ways to improve your LSA ads. So I'm going to run you through three or four simple ways to make sure that your LSA ads are performing uh, pretty well for you. So the first thing with LSA is that you want to be very specific with the uh, geographical targeting. So something I see, an issue I see a lot with LSA is a lot of people like to go on LSA and target just this huge radius of cities. And that's going to hurt you a little bit. So you want to make sure that you don't target any more than three, uh, two or three major markets. So say you're in, I'll just say Virginia Beach because that's where I'm from. So I know this area. If you live in Virginia Beach, you're going to want to target Virginia Beach, Norfolk, and Chesapeake. That's it. Just those three. You're not going to want to be targeting Portsmouth and Suffolk and Pocosin, Hampton, York County, Newport News, Williamsburg. You don't want to do that because now you've got this giant net out there and you're going to lose opportunities. So you want to be really specific in the areas in which you target. So use your CRM, know your numbers, go in and find out, okay, which areas are more profitable for us, which areas have a greater population of homeowners that may need our service? Target those areas, but remember, do not exceed three major markets in um, in your LSA ads, and you'll be good to go. Number two, this is a super easy one, is make sure you stay on top of your approvals on stuff, such as your licensing and your insurance and stuff. If that stuff uh, needs to get re-verified, it's sitting there for months and months, that could hurt you and it could potentially get your ads shut off. So make sure that you stay on top of those, making sure that you are um, keeping yourself verified. Um, another one is you want to keep your reviews up uh, in LSA. So there's a lot of like gray area around LSA reviews. So it's important to be monitoring your leads within the LSA platform because if a, if a lead comes through LSA, so they called in and they show all the recordings in LSA. So you can even have someone in your office do this. Someone calls into LSA and says, I need help. My AC's out. Cool. Let me get you booked. All right. Thank you, sir. We got you booked for Friday at between 2 and 4 p.m. Okay, cool. They're booked. Mark that in LSA. Mark that job as booked. Once it marks as booked, it's going to have a pop-up where you fill in their information and you'll be able to go ahead and schedule that review request. So 
you want to make sure that you get those reviews in there because that'll help you out. Um, and then another one that I see issues with with LSA, and this will help you out, is um, set realistic hours of service in your LSA campaign. A lot of people want to just say, we're open 24-7. We'll take calls 24-7 because we want the business. Well, guess what? That is unrealistic. If I go on Google at 2.30 in the morning and I search AC repair near me and your LSA pops up and I call, are you going to answer? It, are you are you for sure 100% guaranteeing that you or someone from your company is going to answer that phone? If you had to question yourself there for a second, then you need to adjust your hours. Now, if you have someone that stays up at all hours of the night ready to answer that phone, then sure, keep your LSA set for open 24 hours a day. But if you don't want to waste your money and you want to maintain a well-performing LSA ad campaign, then set realistic hours on there. <clears throat> and it doesn't have to, you know, you don't have to limit yourself to just nine to five. Like if you or someone at your office will answer the phone between 7 a.m. and 9 a.m. before you open, then set it for 7 to 5 or 7 to 7, whatever it may be. But you want to have that ad showing up at times when people are going to answer the phone, mark the lead, and book the job. So set your hours um, at a realistic time. Don't just default to 24 hours just because you want ads whenever you want. The last thing is you need to mark your leads. So Google really wants people to stay on top of these leads. Uh, they want people to be responsive to the leads. If you go into your LSA and there's a thousand that are sitting there in the new or the active, you need to do something with those because that could be hurting you. So when a lead turns into business, you need to mark it as closed or booked. If it did not close, you should archive it and make sure that, you know, they weren't booked um, because when you, you need to stay on top of this stuff. And this is a huge mistake a lot of people make. They just set up the LSA. They get phone calls from it. They get the messages through it. And then they don't mark it. You may have booked the job and ran the job, but you didn't mark it in LSA. And so now Google thinks this business is unresponsive to the customers we're sending them. We're going to quit sending them customers. And then you guys are saying, well, now our LSAs aren't working. Well, that's because you were not marking the leads in the LSA platform. So go in there, have someone from your team go in there, listen to the calls, uh, verify, cross-reference your service tight near your house call pro and make sure that those jobs were booked and then mark those leads. Uh, that will help you out a lot. I know that for a fact. If there's one thing I can tell you guys right now for 100% certain is that if you manage this dashboard properly and you properly mark your leads and you're sending out the review requests and you're getting the reviews, your LSA campaign will perform better. I promise you. So as a recap for LSA, uh, mark your leads, manage that dashboard, set realistic hours of operation. Uh, do not uh, target more than three areas. Um, avoid any of these disapprovals or re-verification requests. Keep your reviews going high. Um, and then <clears throat> last but not least, just do a good job. If you, I mean, all this marketing is great, but once you get inside the home, if your team sucks and they're doing shysty installs and just doing hodgepodge work, <clears throat> it's always going to fail in the end. Okay, so 
the number one thing to remember is that marketing is great. Marketing can help you a lot, but nothing will ever trump good customer service and quality work. So that's then that's greater than any marketing you could ever do. As the saying goes, <clears throat> you can't put lipstick on a pig and call it a princess. All right. So if your company is operating like a pig and you're trying to put lipstick on it with all this marketing, well, then you're never really going to see the results that you could be. All right. So place a priority on training your technicians, training your CSRs to answer the phone with a smile on their face, show up on time to their call, wave to the customer, put your shoe covers on, go in, smile, um, be friendly to the dog, perform a proper tune up, and then make sure that you're providing excellent customer service from start to finish, ask for the review, um, and you will, you'll be set. I hope you all uh, enjoy this episode. Um, really have been enjoying these marketing real talks a little bit more because it's helping um, kind of separate the podcast from some of the other podcasts in the industry. So I hope you guys have been enjoying this as well. As always, if you need help with your marketing, there's a lot of stuff out there when it comes to marketing a business. If you need help, if you need um, a sounding board, if you need someone to listen to an idea, if you want someone to help you with your LSA, possibly head on over to rivaldigital.com and let us know. We'd be glad to help you out. Uh, we'll set up a complimentary call, take a look at your existing marketing, see what's working, see what's not working, give you our recommendations. Uh, and if there's a fit, then that would be awesome as well. So thanks for tuning into another episode and I uh, will talk to you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. If you're an HVAC contractor in need of digital marketing services, contact us today at www.rivaldigital.com.